Buddhist stories are the most commonly seen content in the Dunhuang murals. Through the pictures on the walls, Buddhist philosophy and doctrines are recorded and widely spread for generation after generation. Hello, welcome to this episode of the Why We Love Dunhuang podcast. Previously, we explored the sculptures inside Mugao Cave 275, one of the earliest caves existing in the Dunhuang complex. Now let's take a look at what was drawn on the walls of Cave 275. Like a comic strip, the Buddhist stories painted on the walls consist of several episodes, with multiple depictions of the same person to represent different times and places, and all set within the same scene. The dominant figures in the scenes are usually larger in scale. The murals of Cave 275 are quite typical. Also worth mentioning is that all the figures painted are dressed and decorated in the Central Asian style. The imported Indian colour shading technique known as Yunrun was employed. This painting technique usually uses vermilion to dye the whole body of the character, using darker colour in the shadows, bright colour in the light and white on the face, especially the nose, to highlight the glossiness of the face and the overall three-dimensional effect. But over time, the red or reddish-brown pigment has oxidized and turned to dark grey, and the white highlight on the human faces has become off-white. The paintings on the south wall of Cave 275 tell the story of the Four Encounters, also known as the Four Meetings. It is a story that appears in various Buddhist texts concerning Shakyamuni's motivation for renouncing the secular world and pursuing a religious life. According to the story, Prince Siddhartha, the young Shakyamuni, was mostly confined to the palace of his father, who shielded him from the sight of any worldly suffering that might arouse in him a desire for a religious life. One day the prince decided to go out to find some pleasures, but only encountered an old man, a sick person, a corpse, and a mendicant or begging monk. From the first three encounters, the young prince awakened to the four sufferings of birth, aging, sickness and death. He realized that life was impermanent, so it caused suffering. Finally, the prince met a religious ascetic whose air of serene dignity set out a path for liberation and awoke in him the resolve to embark on a religious life and attain enlightenment. Here, on the south wall of Cave 275, only the first and last encounters were well depicted and the others were being merely implied. In the murals, the first encounter, the old man has white hair, white eyebrows and a white beard. His face is haggard, his back is bent over and he wears only shorts. In the fourth encounter, the monk wears a robe bearing his right shoulder and his left hand holds the robe. His face is full, his posture is natural and his healthy appearance contrasts sharply with the elderly man. All the wall paintings adopt the traditional painting style of China's Han and Jin dynasties, horizontally scrolled comics, 
with the figures and scenery arranged in parallel regardless of distance. The costumes of the characters are obviously influenced by the style of Central Asia and appear relatively simple and crude. On the north wall, there are five Jataka tales to depict Shakyamuni's various deeds in his countless previous births. Jataka tales are very popular in Buddhism and refer to stories of the former lives of the Buddha. I have to warn you, the stories mentioned below are a bit bloody, but don't take them too seriously. They are just tales imagined by our ancestors. The most famous one is that of King Sibi offering his flesh to a hawk to protect a dove. It goes like this. King Sibi was the ruler of the Sibi kingdom in ancient India. As a devout Buddhist, he pledged to save all sentient beings from suffering. When he saw a hawk trying to eat a dove, he offered his own flesh to feed the hawk. The hawk accepted the offer with the condition that the amount of flesh he received from the king must be equal to that of the dove. King Sibi agreed and let a butcher cut out his flesh, which was placed on one side of the scale, while the dove was placed on the other. However, after cutting out nearly all his flesh, the scale still showed that the dove was heavier. Then King Sibi sat on the scale to indicate that he was offering his entire self. Moved by King Sibi's virtuous deed, the two gods that pretended to be the hawk and the dove finally restored his flesh. The other four Jataka tales include another king who gave away his head a thousand times in his thousand lives to achieve enlightenment. The third king tolerated his body to be used for lighting a thousand lamps, whilst the fourth had a thousand nails thrust into his body, and the fifth gave away his eyes. These tales all signify great self-sacrifice, especially of the physical self. The subject of these murals illustrates the Buddhist message that achieving enlightenment requires toleration of pain and the sacrifice of self. In addition to these exaggerated and heart-wrenching Buddhist stories, there are some other interesting discoveries on the wall paintings of Cave 275. Below the five Jataka tales is a row of 33 images of donors. These men, 18 centimeters high, are clad in nomadic riding dress. All of them are lining up behind one another and facing in the direction of the procession. They hold a softly bent flower in their raised hand. A monk, who is taller by a head than the others, leads the procession with an incense burner. There is no inscription to cast light on the identities of these donors or their social rankings. Who are these donors? By the look of their costumes, some have suggested that they belonged to the Tianbei tribe, the largest nomadic tribe in northern China at that time. They were active patrons for short periods until AD 439, when another nomadic tribe, the Toba, united northern China and founded the Northern Wei Dynasty. The Northern Wei Dynasty was well known for its dramatic social reforms of ethnic Han culture and for its rulers' relocation of the capital 
from Western to Central China. Also, fueled by the ruling class's patronage, it was a boom time for Buddhism. Thus many more caves which have showcased amazing stories of the difficult conversion of cultures were built during the Northern Wei Dynasty. Next we will explore a cave from the Northern Wei Dynasty, which was constructed with such fabulous characteristics. Also, we will find out what the mysterious images of Buddhist figures on the murals of that cave are, including a magic deer that has become an iconic figure of Dunhuang. Stay tuned. Special thanks go out to the Dunhuang Academy and Sanliang Zhongdu for contributing to the content of this podcast. If you like the show, do give us a five-star rating or a review. I'm Graham Stevens. See you on the next episode of Why We Love Dunhuang. Thank you.